Welcome to the Action Shelf, the podcast celebrates the glory of B-Action movies. I'm John Campbell. I'm Michael Lisman. Oh, Lisman, July cage match rolls along into its second week. Yeah. That's right. Two weeks of Nicolas Cage. Two of five, because this is a longer month, so we have five cage movies to watch. Well, hopefully next week's is better than this one. Yeah, I would say this this is a, a lower point, and... Uh, isn't it great that we have one of our best friends on the show to watch it with us? We love because this guy. who else yeah. would watch this movie and still be friends with us? That's it exactly. We're like, we better bring in somebody who has a, a very solid friendship with us if they're going to watch Two Eleven. <laughs> no, we have uh, we have fan favorite Mike Gergoni back with us. Hey, well, thank you for inviting me into this veritable four town of cage movies. <laughs> 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 uh, so, uh, Gurgoni, the, 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 this is just to give people a, a slight glimpse behind the scenes. When, when, when we're putting together the July Cage match and we're assigning people movies, and uh, I, I came to you with a few of the movies, uh, several of the movies still open, and uh, I, I believe what you said is, "I'll take two eleven so that other people can have fun." <laughs> well, I mean, I had to narrow it down first, John, because at first we had to establish, did any of them have dinosaurs? No? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I'll take the one that's the most generic, most passe, most yeah. bland-looking cop drama I could possibly pick. Right. Yes, exactly. And so that was the thing, was uh, Gurgoni was like, okay, let, you know, we're going to have Donovan on for the medieval adventure one and uh, <laughs> stuff like that. So, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. You watched 2018's 211. Um, I th- I think so. Yeah, I'm I'm pretty sure I did. Yeah, I I will say uh, when you talk about the most bland, here's the thing. Just a, a note I have across the movie after finishing it. This movie's not good, but it's it, it it's it fits into a certain category of action shelf movies. I think Lisman, in that it, it's it's not even it's less to me about not being good as much as it's it's so slight. It is so just nothing and what i kept thinking is this feels like a cbs procedural level of film yes absolutely this feels like an episode of swat you know this could have easily been an episode of nypd blue Mm -hmm. yeah that's Mm -hmm. that's the feeling i got yeah just stretched out a little bit even not even that much (laughs) because this is a very short movie which adds to the slightness but i because i did think like the third act of this movie is like seven minutes (laughs) <laughs> I paused the movie like near the hour and 10 minute mark to get up and use the bathroom yeah. and like I thought we had just gotten into act three and I was right yeah uh, but, but I was like wait there can't only be like 15 minutes left in this movie what are you talking about I know I know That's it is including credits yeah yeah exactly this I mean oh man this I don't know everything about this thing it feels 
cheap and then uh talking about the editing of it it just feels like they cut it to the bone and i don't know if that happened in editing or in looking at the script and going yeah we got to take out all of this can't shoot any of this don't have time or money for that which is so interesting because looking at some of the practical effects they had especially at the opening sequence of this movie mm-hmm. i was expecting something I mean, maybe not substantive, but at least a little bit more thrilling. When you have cars exploding yeah. and uh, fucking bulldozers ripping out the, the front of a car, like, that was some good shit. Yeah. Did they film that first and then be like, oh, shit, we don't actually have any more money for the rest of the film? Or, like, is I that mean, what happened here? I will say there are things in it like the fact that they're using guns with blanks. That's usually way off the budget of these movies. So there are things in it, yeah, where when you talk about it, there, there is not... The movie does avoid one of the action shelf pitfalls, which is terrible overuse of bad CGI. There really isn't anything Ooh. like that. I will give them the practicality, but yes, it does feel as the movie goes along, the action gets uh, a, a less large in scope and... It devolves into one of the hard lessons we've learned on this show, Lisman, which is people shooting guns at each other is not inherently mm-hmm. exciting. Yeah. What well, are the tactics being used? What are the strategies? You know, how are you outflanking or outsmarting your opponent? The the back half of this movie wants so desperately to be heat yes. without any of the compelling characters. Mm-hmm. Yes, I I thought a lot about heat because uh, that I I think widely considered it's in the it is definitely one of. And there's an argument for the greatest shootout in a film. Uh, because, And that is, uh, not only yet, yeah, not only does it have these incredible uh, characters that you've already spent like an hour and a half with by the time that's happening. Uh, it just, you talk about, it does have everything you're talking about, Lisman. Tactics. It turns into a chase. You're seeing decisions being made. They use sequences from Heat in the military to show how to change magazines on a rifle. Like, that's how Mm -hmm. precise Michael Mann made everyone do months of training to use the weapons professionally and learn tactics. Mm -hmm. There's nothing like that. I guarantee you nothing like that happened on this movie. Absolutely Uh, not. And and the other thing is, I don't know if you... It's it's on the IMDb in their plot description. Oh, no, no, no. Wait, maybe it's not in their plot description. It's on the back of the box. Oh, I think it's on the iTunes or, or the Hulu where it says this is inspired by a true story. Oh, go to hell? Yeah, because they talk about it's based on the longest, bloodiest shootout in police history, which is a thing. So I went in going, oh, so this is going to be kind of, I don't know if you guys are familiar with the North Hollywood shootout from the mid-90s, which was... Which is kind of what Heat is based on, right? Yes, uh, a little bit. And then there's also actually a movie called 44 Minutes that is an account of what happened that's pretty good. Um, but it was it was a 44-minute sustained gunfight between a pair of bank robbers and the military. End of any kind of similarity there. I don't know where... The, just to even say this is remotely based on that in their promotion of this is complete bullshit. Because, number one, this actually isn't as exciting as the real situation. Um, and none of this, like, espionage, mercenary stuff has anything... That was just two crazy guys who robbed a bank covered in body armor with huge weapons that the police took 44 minutes to take those guys down. And it was a fucking nightmare scenario. Um, It did seem like the espionage aspect was just kind of shoehorned into the plot. Well, and also it really peters out at a certain point. 
Right, exactly. It, it speaks to a larger, I think one of the largest problems of this movie, which is it suffers from a terrible case of nobody was on set at the same time. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah. Well, the other thing is, and I think a lot of that comes, uh, oh yeah, there it is in the Wikipedia. This movie is based on the 1997 North Hollywood shootout. Bullshit. Um, but, uh, so you're going to take a shootout in North Hollywood and then set it in a small Massachusetts town? Is that what we're doing? Yes, and also, did you guys happen to see where the movie was actually filmed? Yes, I did, actually. Yeah, because yeah. go ahead and check this off your bingo card. The movie was shot entirely in Bulgaria. <laughs> hey! <laughs> okay. They shot the whole thing in Bulgaria. And there's a couple moments where, you know, because it's mostly pretty contained in the bank and stuff like that. But there's a couple shots where they're going down some streets. I'm going, these are very European-looking buildings and streets. Mm -hmm. <laughs> these really don't look like... Yeah, do they specify where it is? It does feel like it's supposed to be kind of Massachusetts. -y. I thought it was Massachusetts. I thought it was... Uh, oh, do they say? Whatever the name of the town is, Massachusetts. Mm -hmm. um, oh, there it is. Chester, Chesterford, Massachusetts. You're right. It does say that. Yeah. Yeah. Well, because some of some of the actors in this movie are trying to take a swing at a, a, a <laughs> New England accent. Yes, yes, yeah, yeah, and it, yeah. yeah. Trying is the key word there. Uh, yeah, it fades. It usually fades in and out depending on the on the actor. But the thing yeah. I was going to say is, not only does it feel like nobody's in the same place at the same time, Gregoni, it's this this script. Why? What is this idea that it's an eighty-six minute movie, but they want to create this like sprawling story of all these different perspectives as this thing happens? And that really, you're like, oh, what do I care about the mother in the ER? And boy, lose the kid on the ride along. That feels like an abandoned subplot of a longer, better movie or something. Hmm. Or at least pick one and mm -hmm. stick with it. I could see what they're trying to do, right? Yeah. Like in the first, I'm going to say like 20 minutes of this movie, they're trying to build this like, oh, all of these intricate pieces of this story are laid out so that when everything goes to hell, yeah. you know where everyone fits into this story. Mm -hmm. the, the fact that we have no emotional stakes with the vast majority of these characters, the bank manager is the biggest yes. grievance I have in this movie. Oh, yeah. Where we're like, we get his relationship with his wife and them like trying to compromise with each other only to have him shot in the head yeah. in like this moment of feigned heroism, I guess. It seemed, just because he was so flat, it seemed like he was legitimately begging to be shot in the face, yeah. which was a he weird was a take. He was a terrible actor. Yeah. I mean, every, everyone in this movie, I would say Nicolas Cage is maybe the only exception to everybody being terrible in this movie. And even sometimes Nicolas Cage is terrible in this movie. But he has some moments uh, that, that really, I think, shine. Uh, well, it feels, the, it feels the like he's manager just has this expression of like dead eyed staring yeah. into the middle distance like there's a cue card that none of us can see. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, no, that's the problem when you talk about, though, because I, I like the idea of like, let's see how this one incident affects all these characters. But you need a bigger movie than this, right? Like you need it. And it, yeah. it needs to be longer than 86 minutes. That is not enough screen time to establish mm -hmm. an ensemble of players like uh, right, right. because yeah. by the time the ER nurse or doctor I don't do they specify 
Um, she's a doctor, I want to say. It seems like she was acting like a doctor was the sense I got it. Because it seemed like at first I'm like, oh, she's a nurse. Then I'm like, oh, no, no, she's a doctor. Um, but uh, Nurse practitioner. Yeah, there you go. Boom. Just go cut the middle. Um, but mm -hmm. uh, uh, as soon as we cut back to her, I'm like, oh, right. She's the mother of the kid on the... Okay, all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like, I, we haven't seen her in like 45 minutes. I'm going like, right. oh, yeah. Honestly... Of the like ensemble players, I think she probably does the strongest because I I really do like her thing with the principal at the beginning. Like mm. that's an interesting story weave in here of the young black man being forced to interact with the police and like there's some kind of take there. Obviously, where this is pre George Floyd and a lot of the uh, protests that have happened right. in the pandemic, but like. There is the the inkling of a societal take in this film. It's uh, yeah, it just barely brushes a take on anything. Well, and I, I, I one of the things I thought is is uh, just they should have made that movie, and it's just make it more of a drama, make it the his interactions with the cops that that could have worked. The fact that it then steers into this insane international espionage gunfight bank robbery movie uh yeah well, here's the more absurd part john is no it starts as the insane international <laughs> this is true, bank heist this is true. mercenary <laughs> movie and then swerves into the oh this young black man has to yeah. learn about racial prejudice in his predominantly white school and also interact with the police and also yeah. that that's once again that stuff goes out the window because this movie doesn't really have anything to say about police because once the no. gunfight starts then kenny who who's the the black student we're talking about it just becomes a, a survival thing at that point like it doesn't become about right. anything larger than just oh shit, i don't want to get shot um because mm -hmm. they 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 try to build it and i actually think some of the best stuff that cage has is his scenes with this kid I actually don't. I don't think the kid is terrible. I mean, I think once again, a lot no, of bad dialogue. No, no. But I think there, where I'm going, like, oh, once again, those are the moments where I go, okay, I can see what that movie would be. Like, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna. If he had a different, maybe if he had a different director, I could see that actor giving a a bit better performance, see or maybe he... even also a better script too. Oh, the, I mean, because I, I think the I think the biggest problem is this script because there's so, it is if we talk about this it's a key thing but there's so much dialogue in this that is like first draft dialogue right like very on the nose people stating who their characters are uh mm -hmm. you know and it's just it's all i mean the fact that there are multiple times you have cage going ah these damn cameras always in my face is like we we get it we get the point you're making mm -hmm. about the cop like yeah uh or the the, the, the pregnant Nicolas Cage's daughter mm -hmm. who explicitly states the inherent drama of a cop's spouse at the beginning yep. of the film going like, you leave the house every time and I have to worry that you're going to die out yeah. there. Yeah. So that's not just obvious to anyone just who thinks like about it. Just like my dad, who is also a cop. You know, it's like kind of the... And uh, your partner. Yeah. Yo, that, and that's that that's just... That's incredibly stupid. I don't think that... I don't think yeah. you would... I don't think the, the department would partner you with your son-in-law. Probably not. Who, who's only two days away from retirement because, of course, he is. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do, I, do, I do love that. I mean, at least it's some visual storytelling is the look at the retirement papers. <laughs> I'll give him that he didn't just go 
and I'm retiring. Um, but also, he's emotionally unavailable because his wife, which is Lisa's mom, died of cancer, and he refused to acknowledge that fact Th while this, it was happening. This is one of the most insane things to me in the backstory of this is what exactly the, the this idea that his wife died of cancer and it's mm -hmm. not that he wasn't there it's that he chose to ignore she was dying of cancer like and and I I, I once again that's something that you could dramatize but referring to it is a little weird. So let's let's break down the the family dynamic we have going into this whole scenario yeah. because really once we get into the action stuff like it's pretty humdrum <laughs> oh, wait, oh, all of this stuff kind of goes out the window because once the action starts yeah. then it's just she's worried that her husband and father are gonna die it, it eliminates right. any of the emotional <laughs> nuance yeah let's so talk Nicholas about cage mike chandler the... officer mike chandler <laughs> you're right is he just an officer He's not even a, a I don't think like so. sergeant or anything. I don't think they give him a rank, no. He's retiring as an officer. Oh no. I think um, I don't think so. He, Nobody ever calls him cop. No one ever calls him Sarge. And he's constant like every other cop seems to outrank him based on how many times they tell Nicholas Gates to get out of here. Also, yeah. I have no idea how big this town is because their police department appears to be huge and they have a SWAT team. Yes. So Yes. I know it's it's either a small Massachusetts town or a major metropolitan city. I don't know. Right. <laughs> Suburb of Boston, maybe? Who knows? Yeah, I, I, yeah, we'll go with that. Yeah. But, so he is the patriarch of the family whose wife died of cancer. Yes. He did not want to admit that was happening, and so distance himself from the situation I guess, until yeah. she finally died. Yeah. And he has maintained an arm's length from his daughter over that fact. Yes, some of which may be on her for not wanting to talk to him too, right? Sure. Because that's the so whole his... thing where the husband's like, oh God, you want to talk about one of the worst actors in the movie. It's the rookie husband yeah. or whatever. I He's fucking terrible. hated this guy in the movie. Yeah, oh, one of the worst Nicholas parts. Cage's character's daughter yeah. is named Lisa. Yep. Played by Sophie Skelton, she's given nothing to do other than going. Oh, my dad and husband well, okay. Because the thing, the, the thing is, when you talk about everybody being bad, she's a real actress. She comes from a lot of BBC stuff, and she's a regular on Outlander, which is a very well respected oh. show. So, mm -hmm. like, she's a. Re I mean, listen, we've also talked about she's doing an American accent, which you know, because she's a British actress, that immediately can limit your performance. And she is given some of the worst dialogue in this movie. I think so, that's the main reason. So I, I, I don't, I don't hold it against her too much because I have seen her be good in other stuff. Yeah, yeah. Again, she's hitting all the tropes really early yeah. in this movie. Of I'm worried about I, I can't connect with my emotionally distant dad right. who's a cop, but also I have a husband who's a cop, yeah. and I worry about him dying every day. Yeah. Also, I'm pregnant. Also, yeah. my mom died of cancer. Yeah. Also, whatever. <laughs> yeah. 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 Uh, no, it's it's a, yeah. That could have been a lot more interesting. It's uh, a horrible use of this good actress. Uh, a, yeah. I mean, a dreadful use of her. Um, she's married to Steve. Of course, <laughs> his name is just. Steve. I know. <laughs> Steve, boy, you got to be careful with the use of the name Steve in scripts. I'll just say that. No offense to Steves out there. Played by Dwayne Cameron. Yeah. Who? Yeah. Not great. Uh, oh. But he he seems to recur in the films of uh, 
uh, Shackleton here. Uh, our, uh, we'll talk sense. about York Shackleton because these guys reteam for Disturbing the Peace, his next movie after this. Oh, good. Yeah. He was in 22 episodes of Power Rangers Operation Overdrive oh, as shit. the Mercury Ranger. Oh, shit. That totally oh. adds up. This guy feels like a Power Rangers actor. Like, yeah, that's yeah, the level yeah. of acting I get in this movie is Power yeah. Rangers level. Uh-huh, uh-huh. When did you guys first notice that he was doing a New England accent in the film? Because oh, for me, I, it was when he, after he was shot and saying that he was dying. That's when I noticed I, the accent. Yeah. There were a couple of words at the, in the beginning where it's like, is he trying for... I think I heard a, a, a softening of an, an R in there occasionally. Yeah. And like I've got an ear for the New England sure. accent, particularly because of, of my family. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 no, I think it feels like uh, it feels like it's trepidatious kind of early on, and then mm. yeah, particularly he's really hitting it hard in that dying declaration. And also, oh Jesus Christ, that's a bad scene. It sure is. Uh, his whole—I mean, everything after he's shot really just further accentuates how bad this guy is all of his i'm dying acting oh yes oh especially because he it oftentimes when you see in a script uh actor or a character says the same line or the same word over and yeah. over again that's usually a gift to the actor a hundred percent chance to you usually get to use that to, to express uh, I mean, I mean, you guys know what I'm talking about. But basically, this guy, instead of thinking about, oh, well, if they're going to say this same sentence over and over again, yeah. what are the different ways I can say it? What are right. the different things I can be? What are the different tactics I could be using for, for each of these? Right. No, instead, he's like, well, I guess I'll just keep saying it over and over again. <laughs> and hopefully, I think he's just focusing on the New England accent in his performance. <laughs> I think he's just trying to say the words correct. He really saw happen. this as uh, a technical challenge to pull this accent off. Yeah. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah. Let's talk about the villains of this movie, too. Our team of mercenary, ex-military, paramilitary, okay, so special forces. Side of the family drama, we have a secondary... Uh, international thriller drama happening on the other half of this movie. Because I knew this movie yes. was at a, was about, you know, cops fighting bank robbers. So when this movie started and it says Afghanistan, I thought I have obviously started the wrong movie. <laughs> that actually, that slug line of Af Afghanistan pissed me off because they were still rolling credits at the beginning of the movie. <laughs> I'm like, you can't do both no. movie. You can't have no. taglines and credits at the same time. No, stop it. That's, that's true. A, that's a, I didn't even think about that. That's a huge mistake. Oh, Afghanistan's in this. Uh, oh yeah, wow. We actually we actually opening on one of my favorite things ever, which is fake movie hacking. Mm hmm. With that woman at the computer just like typing away as a bar fills up on the screen. Almost. So if a bar is filling up on the screen, what do you need to type? Isn't it just a matter of time at that point? The, or... She's hacking the planet, man. Yeah, hacking um, into the mainframe. This ha I think we've listen. I think this is maybe the fifth or sixth money transferring bar we've seen on a computer screen, um, which yeah. I always find funny. The idea that like, I mean, maybe the page would load, but the idea that it's actually tracking 
it's 50% transferred the money. Right, what? like <laughs> dollars are trickling in. Yeah, like, moment to moment like to an account somewhere. If you were to, <laughs> if, you, if you're transferring a million dollars, you were to stop it halfway through. Five hundred thousands in the account, right? Like, right. yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that's we've seen that. That, that definitely money plane. I distinctly remember having that, and we're we were just yeah. that movie. We were baffled by like what's transferring. Um, I do it. This does bring up an excellent point. So everything that these mercenaries do in this movie everything yes is to get one million dollars yes a little one million dollars but yeah i think i think in I, 2018 yeah. i think it's 1.3 according to the plot description yeah they're going for a little over one million dollars mm-hmm. like the the amount of chaos they sow the amount of like de- like wanton death uh is all for just one well, a little over one million dollars we will talk about this might be the worst bank robbery attempt I've ever seen in film. They oh, waste, yeah, there's no plan. They they waste so much fucking time. It <laughs> takes them forever in, to rob this bank. In defense of the heartless mercenaries. <laughs> I kind of like these guys. Uh, <laughs> go on. <laughs> Their original plan as it stood mm-hmm was to be in and out of that bank in five minutes and not kill anybody besides whoever died in the explosion. Right, yeah. Well, yeah. There was always going to be mass murder, no matter what. Uh. Yeah. (laughs) But couldn't they have just gotten the information to withdraw the money from the person in the first scene instead of killing him? But that wouldn't set up the plot, Lisman. (laughs) I mean, the fact that this is a 2018 movie... And we're dealing yeah. with physical cash is right. weird. It's very funny. Um, you know, what especially I mean? like, considering we opened the movie with them making all these digital transfers. Digital, yeah. It does. It does, <laughs> it does feel like it should be about hacking the system or something like that. Instead, no, right? No, no. no it's all about somehow all those digital transfers equal one point three million dollars in cash in a Massachusetts bank. Well, that, yeah. that's so the the setup for the international espionage plot is mm-hmm. we open in Afghanistan where this uh, war profiteer of some fashion or another <laughs> we get this whole intricate backstory of international plots going on yeah. right at the start here and none of that will matter at all not <laughs> a little bit but, but so he's closing up shop and leaving Afghanistan and liquidating all of his assets to multiple accounts across the world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we also find out that he has cut ties with some Blackwater-esque ex-Special Forces military yeah. strike force that he used as enforcers. And right. he's attempting to basically leave without paying them. Right. Mm. And that's when they show up and kill everybody at this camp. Right. And, and what what you're point. describing sounds like just a movie into itself. Forget all the police stuff. Just the idea right. of the wronged mercenary team getting revenge on the guy who screwed them over. That's an action movie. Mm-hmm. But in their interrogation <laughs> of the war profiteer, yes. they figure out that the money that is owed to them is split across the world, and the... They te- they ask him to name just one of the banks stateside where the money has ended up, and it is at this small Massachusetts town. And again, how it goes from digital to straight cash, never answered. And it's, don't worry about well, it. It's not like it's dirty money, like it's a mob bank that's holding. It's a formal 
armored car that brings this cash in. Mm-hmm. From where? We don't even see that, do we? Yeah, we do. We see the armored car bring in bags of cash. We also see them scan in the stacks. Yeah, yeah, and then you see the bank people scanning all the individual yeah. stacks of money. But to, to, I'm going, why? You don't... If I have money in a bank, the bank doesn't physically have my money sitting in the vault. That's not how not banks anymore. work. Oh, no, yeah, they yeah. haven't... I mean, decades now that they haven't done that, really. Money is not, almost purely theoretical. Duck, yeah. yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. It's like... This this war profiteer said, "All right, I'm going to give you 1.3 million dollars, but I need you to actually hold 1.3 million dollars for me. I'm not going to give you the because that's the other thing. He doesn't send the cash; he sends info, which means 1.3 million dollars had to be printed for him. Theoretically, yes, because it's all like individual wrapped like new money. Yeah, and on top of that, what the fuck is he going didn't." On? These mercenaries weren't even owed this amount. They were owed less than this, and he decided yeah. to just the the war profiteer decided to just be an asshole and not pay well, these it's a, extremely deadly mercenaries. We call it pulling a Trump, um, where you just screw yeah, over your business enough. partners for the hell of it. Um, but uh, yeah, it's. Uh... <laughs> but the the most bizarre part to me is when these mercenaries roll into this guy's camp. Yeah, kill all of his guards. Oh yeah, spectacular cars. So. Yeah shoot everybody except for this war profiteer and finally they've shot him in the leg and they've got him on the ground yeah and they're like well you tried to screw us over but uh we're gonna you're gonna have to pay us back with interest and aggravation fees and all this yeah what are you thinking boys one million even yeah. this is like shoot higher guys yeah. you've literally <laughs> just killed this well, guy <laughs> and his entire infrastructure and you're just asking for a cool mill not a not, <laughs> not a million a piece a million split between the five Total. of them. <laughs> right. That's right, fair. Exactly. We'd, all, <laughs> we'd all like a little cushion for our lives to each have, you know, or 25 grand or whatever, or 250, you know. Like, yeah, 250 grand would change my life entirely. It would, sure. but it does seem like for massive international crime, that is very small potatoes. Like, uh, yeah. So, for, like... The willingness to stage a terrorist attack, what right. is essentially a terrorist. You need attack. money to yeah. disappear. <laughs> yes, <laughs> more than that. Yeah, yeah, it's like five million a piece sounds about right to me, or something like that. Uh, I mm -hmm. they do give us our first one-liner in this opening thing, uh, where they say, "Yeah, we'll do it our way," and the guy goes, "Your way," and the the leader of the group goes, "The hard way." Oh boy, <laughs> let's talk about this group for a second because these yeah. are the other four characters we yeah. kind of spend the most so time with. We'll, we'll, we have we have our leader Trey, yeah, uh, played by played Ori by Pfeiffer, Pfeiffer, who's a guy who is in a lot. Listen, we've seen this guy play a villain before. In remember Jolt with Kate Beckinsale. I, I do remember that he movie, was one of the yes. bad guys in that. This guy plays a lot of henchmen in stuff. Uh, he was in the the Hitman's Bodyguard. Hitman's Bodyguard. Um, uh, 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 one of the Fallen movies. Which one? Angel has fallen. Uh, you know the Gerard Butler movies. He's one of the soldiers in Hacksaw Ridge. So he's in some legitimate stuff. <coughs> but in I would small, say he's terrible. Well, he. I, I would say for. It, I was surprised for being the leader of this team. He has borderline no characterization or even much dialogue. 
That's true. Oh, none yeah. of them do. No, it's 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 they're presented mainly just as a group, a physical group of men with weapons. They're not really yes. present because this is something I was thinking about. Is I'm going, I can point to maybe four to five other movies with the exact same setup of disgruntled soldiers or milit- you know, mercenary guys who were robbing banks. I, uh, watch Wrath of Man with Jason Statham. Watch Den of Thieves with Gerard Butler. Watch Triple Frontier with Ben Affleck. Like, there's a bunch of these kind of movies. And in all of those, the reasoning is so much simpler because I think in almost all of those movies, the idea is just the military spit us out and now they won't take care of us, so we're going to rob banks. That right. Wasn't there just one that came out earlier this year, Ambulance? Yeah, and that was the other one I was thinking. Ambulance, yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal and Ambulance, which all of those are good movies. And it's the exact same thing. It's the VA won't cover my medical expenses, so I'm going to have to rob a bank. Yeah, but that much... means it needs a message, John. Yes. And that's not what this movie No, all those movies interested. actually have something to say. The, I, I, that's the thing I think that's interesting is on, in all of those movies I just mentioned, there's this thing about like, oh, they're kind of right, but they're doing the wrong thing. These guys are just evil. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there is mm-hmm. no, there is no debate. There, like I said, even the way the way he presents them is like, you don't even need to know these guys because they're fucking scum, man. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and they just, I mean, they just wantonly kill innocent people with no, uh, you know, no worry, no thought to it at all. Um, yeah, anyway. Uh, yeah, so there's so, Trey. Mm-hmm. He's our leader. Mm-hmm. And the rest. I don't know that anybody else really gets, other than Trey being the leader, does anyone get any characterization? Uh, oh. um, no, not that yeah, I can I tell. Don't. I, don't. I feel like... The one played by Cage's son is definitely, like, got the most, like, psycho-looking face of the bunch. Yes. Uh, Weston Cage Coppola. Have you ever seen anybody who looks less like a... like a Blackwater paramilitary type than Nicolas Cage's son? Well, because Nicolas Cage's son has a very... Oh, I don't know what you would say, like, emo rocker look? His yeah. hair was so bad, and so, I think bad for that part. Yeah, it was like somewhere between a bowl cut and, like, an undershave. It was very bizarre. <laughs> yeah, and he's got it. It's this jet... I'm just looking through his IMDb photos, and all of them, once again, look like he should be playing, like... I don't know, he'd fit in on, like, a Sons of Anarchy. More than sure. a military, he's yeah. he's, a, he's a little rough looking. I mean, and by that I mean a little unkempt. You know, uh, sure. doesn't sure. have that precision. Yeah, where's the jarhead cut? Where's the military sort of precision kind of thing? Because uh, even thinking on a practical level, like that hair would be getting in his face and yeah. would like uh, limit his peripheral vision. Uh, if he, say he was going in and robbing a bank and committing an act of terrorism, I will I, say looking at his career, he's been in a, a handful of movies, uh, probably more than half of them being movies that his father starred in. Um, sure. but, uh, you know, Hey, but he's in other stuff. He's in a lot of act. We'll see him again is what I'm saying. Lisman. He's in not only Nicholas cage ones, but other action shelf movies. Oh, so okay. he's definitely. I mean, he's he's making a career. Saying what anybody wants, I guess. Uh, All he oh had to do no. was pull himself up by his bootstraps and be related to Nick Cage. Mm-hmm. There's a 
D-Day movie starring Chuck Liddell? Yeah. Oh, no. Oh, that's oh, a future episode. No. We, ha- we haven't done yet one of the... Uh, the cheapo straight-to-video historical action movies, but they're out this there. This is starring Weston Cage Coppola, Randy Couture, Chuck Liddell, yeah. Jesse Cove. Oh, these are all just. Yeah. Oh no. But it's oh, but it's no. but it's trying. It's trying to present itself as like a historical epic. Yeah. Saving the yeah, yeah, other yeah. Private Ryan. I mean, it's just called D-Day. How lazy can you get? Uh, and look at, look at the poster on this. These are two men who don't look right at all in World War II era military uniforms. I mean, no. <laughs> look at Randy Couture with that helmet on. You're like, oh, I don't think so. I don't think so at all, man. Um, oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. yeah saving saving Private Ryan, this is not. Um, yeah. Oh, Martin Cove's in it. He's a favorite. Um yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is now, yeah. Okay, yeah. We'll watch that one at some point. Because Cage also did one, which we're not doing for this Cage match, but we may get to eventually about the USS Indianapolis. Ooh. Yeah, Cage has a cheapo Indianapolis movie. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of these. We haven't I said we haven't we haven't done a World War II one or something like that yet, or a Civil War movie or something. Um, but they're 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 out there. They make them and they're they're bad. I thought you were saving yourself or Army of Frankenstein's. Well, I think that probably will be our first coverage of a uh, Civil War movie. Stay tuned. That's not this Spooktober, but next Spooktober. We've already added that to the list. That I think that started the list for next year's Spooktober. <laughs> it's like, well, so, Army yeah. of Frankenstein's is a given. Then we build the rest mm-hmm. around that. Um, mm-hmm. Okay, so then let's let's be introduced to our other person who i thought seemed like once again should be the main character maybe in this espionage movie which is this interpol agent who's mm-hmm. track well it's a classic like espionage she gets a classic like espionage thing where she's doing some other mission and then they pull her in they pull her off of that and assign her to this case and she's like wait a minute but i was just uh, this has nothing to do with anything, though. No. She's such a nothing character in this movie. It, mm-hmm. it was pretty upsetting, honestly. But the way she's... how much time they spend dragging her back into the That's the what I mean, plot. Because they introduce her at the beginning like she's going to be the hero of the movie, right? Or it's like, okay, if you're just watching from a general screenplay structure standpoint, bad guys set up their plan. Cut to the government agent assigned to locate them. Great, there's your movie. It's weird that mm-hmm. then 20 minutes into this 86-minute movie, we meet local cop Nicolas Cage, who actually <laughs> is the main character. You're like, wait, what? Yeah. When when Agent Rossi finally does come back into the film, she contributes nothing because everything she tells the police and the SWAT team, yeah. they ignore. Yes. Or she says they can't be predicted. Like, their motives and tactics cannot be predicted, so there's no way to know what they're going to do. Fantastic. Fantastic. Very useful. That's amazing. Very useful. Yeah, Agent Ross. Man, she's Uh, even so low on the IMDb list here. I had to click see full cast to find her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Oh, man. Alexandra Deneu, and I think she's mostly done a lot of looks like Italian stuff. Yeah. She's, yeah. She's, uh, She's from Romania. But yeah, she works a lot in Italy. Once again, I cannot speak to whether or not she has any talent because this is a complete, completely forgettable part. No one would have been good in this part. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. 
I mean, that's Man, the thing. She was just in a movie with Dave Bautista, Ray Stevenson, and Pierce Brosnan, though. Oh, that movie, by the way, is a little gem. I, I really like that movie. Final score. Final score. It's Die Hard yeah. in a Soccer Stadium with Dave Bautista. All right. Pretty good. All right. All Pretty right. good. Uh, as far as, like, because that, you know, that's sort of like in that mid-range of uh, we could cover that, but it's actually a little too polished, I think, for an action shelf movie. Um, I mean, well, that we cast could, is. A we little... could give ourselves something good to watch, John. We will, yeah, and we will. I mean, that's what I mean. It would, it would be in those where we'd have to be like, we're fudging a little bit by doing this one, because um, yeah. it's not so much a, 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 a B movie as much as it's just a British production. So, <laughs> right, um, B is in British. Yes, exactly. Uh, but we will, okay. we will. Uh, we're gonna get to Brosnan. The first thing out of cage match will be a Brosnan movie. Can't so, wait. Yeah. Can't wait. Um. So yeah, uh, so yeah, whatever. She's around. We can almost write off her part because it doesn't matter. We can just say she's around, yeah. going. I'm looking for these guys. And does she have anything to, to do with bringing them down? No, no. Absolutely does she not. even get the final shot on the bad guy? I think she does, right? I think she does. Yes, one of them. Yeah, yeah. Yes, she does. No, she does definitely. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because yeah. Because she, but that could have been anyone. It didn't really matter. She no. doesn't. It's not like she had personal stakes in the fight either. And it's not like I mean, she figured something out about where they were going to be based on her knowledge of them as a team. Like that's kind of no. what I was expecting. Is she's going to have like you're talking about Gurgani? It's like nobody ever listens to her in the movie because there's never the thing where she's like, "But I know these guys," you know, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. I kept expecting there to be some, especially when she gets dragged out of her operation to stop the biggest black market like trader in all of wherever yeah. she is that's not important for what that's not important these guys are about to rob a bank in massachusetts i thought there was going to be something of just like and these are the people that killed your partner or these are the people that ruined your career or whatever yeah. but there's never any of that oh no one has any personal stakes in this movie beyond to the actual crime they all have personal stakes right. within, like, the police around each other. But there's right. no, like, wait, yeah, that's the guy. Then And so that makes the movie feel really empty throughout the whole thing. You're just going, like, oh, this is all just kind of circumstance that these people have been thrown together. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, yeah, so let's see. We got that. Uh... I mean, that's that sets the stage for when shit pops off which is the bank robbery right and that's the whole well, back half of the, the, the we didn't talk, i want to talk a little bit more about the kid for a second to talk about we said he's on a ride along but we didn't really talk about that he he's being bullied in school we see the scene where his head's put into a urinal and in classic a urinal yeah mm. Mm. that was gross that was yeah. very gross yeah this is uh michael rainey jr as kenny yeah who's like, like we said i don't know he's okay um, mm -hmm. he's on the Stars show Power, which I have never watched, but has been on for a while. He's done between the two sets of that, you know, seventy some odd episodes. So, and he was in seven episodes of Orange is the New Black. So he's a working actor. Um, yeah, you know, like, uh, and he's a young guy, so he's just starting out, but still not bad. Uh, but here, yeah, mm -hmm. he's he's a bullied kid, and in classic fashion, the assistant principal or whatever only walks in to see him punch one of these guys. Um, because it does feel like uh, if you'd had the context of the urinal, maybe the punch would be more understood. Well, sure. here's like one of the most frustrating things about this movie, and one of the most frustrating things I always harp on in like school related dramas is yeah. when the 
authority figure, whether it be the vice principal or whoever, right, is never willing to believe oh, the no. person who is the audience knows was victimized, even right. though it is a he said he said scenario yeah. of well he said he had his head shoved in a urinal and so he took a swing at the guy completely yeah. reasonable also some other kid who was there the whole time was filming it and i <laughs> thought that was going to come back well somehow, also but no. it doesn't you don't have to be fucking sherlock holmes assistant principal to walk in see three guys around another guy and think maybe yeah. he's the target of something you know, like, like, he just goes like nah. and you could have done something now, a, a more interesting movie that actually has something to say could have done something about institutionalized racism that they right. say the black kid is wrong. But the movie doesn't mm. really want to talk about race beyond a mild distrust of the police that this character has mm. that, of course, will then but, be proven to be false because, you know, Nicolas Cage rules. Um, the, the, the swing at race they take in this movie is when his mom is brought into the vice principal's office. Mm -hmm. and the vice principal gives her the strangest ultimatum I've ever heard in a high school setting, <laughs> which is your, your kid can either go on a ride along with the local police or get expelled. Those I are your only two options. I don't think that's hmm. a thing that exists in any semblance of reality. Um, because, yeah, no, that's... But again, it would have it been fine if she was if she was racist and like specifically harassing this black family, at least there would be some semblance of, of logic there, you know? Yeah. And he doesn't even have to be overtly once again. It, yeah. It could just be this idea that this is like a predominantly white school. He's being, you know, it doesn't have to be, I mean, this movie would have made, if this movie wanted to cover racism, really, they would make it crazy on the nose. Um, mm. But yeah, I do love it's either this police ride along or you're done. What? And Kenny's mom, played by Sherry Watson, who I think is fine in this movie, though she's yeah. not really given anything to do other than worry about her son being alive. I have a feeling we've said that about the vast majority of this cast. Is like, well, they're actually okay, <laughs> yeah. but they're given nothing to do. Yeah. But she does bring up the mild swing of, you're asking my young black man's son to ride in the back of a police car all day. Yeah. And you think that's going to fix the problem? Yeah. That's act oh wait, we've seen her before, Lisbon. She was in security. Uh, I think as she's administrator. Yeah, I think she's the I think she's the person at the beginning when he's trying to get a job who's talking to him about his psychological issues. Right. Um, okay, gotcha. I think I think that's who she was in it. Uh can I also talk about the incompetence of this movie that in the credits they spell her last name differently than the son's last name? That's hilarious. She's Shawnee Ralston. He's Kenny Rostell. Close. <laughs> wow. But different. Well, maybe, you know, he's just going off of his dad's name. Well, yeah, if we that... We do see his dad, To so be fair, knows? that would be the case. If that was the case, maybe don't make them pretty close names. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> my, 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 my name is Johnson. My husband's name is John Stun. Uh, and he's yeah. going, yeah, you know, that doesn't, yeah. No, I think they fucked up is what that looks like to me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> mm. They also, and this is brought up in the trivia, they misspell assistant principal in the credits of the movie. That's amazing. There's a typo <laughs> in the credits of this film. Oh, that's oh, so good. I mean, that's just, you that just don't see that. Tracks. You know what I mean? Like, that just doesn't happen. <laughs> 
yeah, if you uh, if you see the ending credit, uh, the word vice principal is spelled incorrectly. Yeah, it is in the yeah. That's one of the only trivia. And also, Nicolas Cage broke his ankle and was out of commission for two weeks in this movie, which I think kind of explains. He's not. He doesn't do a lot action-wise in the movie. There's a lot of him standing no. and shooting with his nine millimeter Beretta that never runs out of ammo. Oh, the one's got infinite ammo in this movie. This whole movie yes. is is this is infinite ammo. The movie. Um, yeah. So because everything of, uh, bingo opportunity there. Oh God! I mean, it's just the whole movie. Just mark it off almost from the start because that is this thing mm-hmm. about this movie when we're talking about there's everything pre the bank robbery and then basically once the bank robbery happens the movie is essentially just a big shootout from then on yeah, yeah. and it which it, in some of the worst like police tactics i've ever seen holy in a shit bank holy <laughs> shit just, firing their m16s into the bank without yeah. knowing who's in there yeah they don't do that <laughs> They well, shouldn't they, do that. Somebody bring up like, why are you not contacting? Or no, did why don't why don't there, they there try is, to like no, negotiate? I know, isn't that interesting? Because you think of a standoff movie as being like we should have a negotiator. Like, I can't yeah. believe Cage isn't on a walkie-talkie with one of the bad guys. Yeah, it seems strange that they didn't even they didn't even bring Never up speak. that idea. Yeah, no, it's just they only speak with gunfire. Bam, 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 bam. That's the whole movie. It yeah. speaks to this idea that none of the actors are sharing the same space. No. Which makes it feel very disconnected and hollow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm just skipping over some stuff here. Bah, 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 whatever. Because, yeah. So the big, the big play they have is we see one of them place a bomb inside of this diner or coffee shop mm-hmm. or whatever. Uh, and uh, the idea is, I guess, to make that a distraction, but they don't use it immediately as a distraction. It's only once a cop car rolls by that they blow the diner. Well, I think the idea is once they have the money, mm-hmm. they do that. They should have done that flawlessly so that like no one notices that they have the money. And then mm-hmm. once they're on their way out of town, you blow the bomb and that, draws everyone's attention away from the bank robbery that just happened. What spoils their plan is the fact that Nicolas Cage, Steve, and Kenny uh, (laughs) roll up on this diner where they've planted the bomb, coincidentally, just to grab some coffee. No, what actually... And then, when they're rolling away, they notice that the getaway car is parked on the curb weird, and they're like, well, let's go check it out. Which I will say is another bad move in their bank robberies that they have a suspicious black SUV that's just 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 out there idling by in front of the bank, you know, looking like right. a bank robbery is in progress. <laughs> <laughs> and Nicolas Cage is like, well, "That's weird. That car shouldn't yeah, be is. there." And so then I mean, they these are the worst bank robbers of all time. Well, because then this plan gets even. Because then they do, okay, they go okay. Well, all right, all right, we got to blow the diner then. That'll get him to go mm-hmm. away. He doesn't go away. So then the driver goes, fuck it, and just starts unloading into Nicolas Cage's cop car. Yeah. Well, because they don't go to the explosion because they've got the ride along. Yeah. It's too dangerous. (laughs) 
let's get in a giant gunfight instead. Because I mean, but I do just think the guy's like, man, that one cop didn't go away. He's not doing anything. He hasn't gotten out of the car or anything. Let me escalate the situation by pulling out my submachine gun and firing right into his windshield. Yeah. Thereby starting the situation. And I did think at a certain point, even the explosion on the bank on the on the diner would take less precedence to an active automatic weapons fire shootout at a bank if anything you You would would think think. it's a second terrorist attack like connected Mm -hmm. to the first one so (laughs) why does swat need to be at an already exploded thing when there's an active gunfight happening well swat the swat team doesn't show up until after the gunfight goes off i think we see them roll out at the mention of the explosion because there's like a possible terrorist attack kind of a thing right right but once the, once the shots fire, it just it's so. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Oh, uh, we do get another one liner when they're when we have all the police ragging on each other, and this new guy he never comes into play, does he? Where they talk about the new guy who's inexperienced in the police station. He gets shot, doesn't he? Does yeah. he die? He just dies. Yeah. Because uh, but- isn't there two? There's two police officers who have dialogue at the beginning of the movie. Yes. Like a male and a female. Yes. And you think they're going to be important to the movie, but yeah, they both just happen to get uh, shot. Yeah. Hanson and Sarah, and I think uh, a couple of other ones named, I don't know, but there's a there's a black guy and a lady cop, and those two have like the most dialogue outside of because Nicolas Cage and Steve. Hanson mm-hmm. says to Sarah, uh, how's the new guy? And she says, new I wrote that down as a one-liner because there aren't many in this movie, but there's a couple. Not, and that's, not really. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And uh, let's talk about how they treat this kid on the ride-along before we get to it, too, because the, the, Steve decides, oh, this kid must be some kind of jailbird, so I'm going to be a piece of shit to him. Yeah, if he was looking to break down stereotypes and reach across the aisle and really connect with this kid, he does a real shitty job up front. Yeah, and even shittier job is when they roll up to this suspicious homeless guy at a gas station and just draw their weapons for no reason. Well, Mm. they draw their weapons because he won't take his hands out of his pockets. I guess that's the kid. But I don't know, the way it plays... And, of course, we got the kid filming with his cell phone so that we can see... Right, and if you think that's going to add up to some sort of interesting social commentary, stop right here and just assume that that's going to be mostly forgotten. Yeah, uh, it. In fact, it's just there to establish his phone for things later in the movie. Right, exactly. That have nothing they to end do up with. Finding, yeah. yeah, again, something that doesn't have anything to do with anything, but I just marked it as weird. Is this random homeless guy who they're not even homeless guy? He's just like, kind of. Crusty looking hippie looking. The dude. the bank um, the the manager of the gas station called the police because he's out begging for money by the pumps. That's what yeah, they're sure. responding to. Yeah. So yeah, I don't. I mean, but I don't know. He's he's arresting him for is having a box full of bullets in his bag. Yeah. Didn't you? Uh, weren't you hoping that was going to connect somehow to the bank robbery or something? No. If the mercenaries like distributed guns and weapons to a bunch of random like houseless people all That'd over be, the city maybe that would have been something um sure that would have been uh something and then to further they leave this situation because cage goes 
yeah, we need a, a another cruiser to come pick him up because we can't put him in the back because we have a ride-along. So then they just leave this guy to be arrested by other cops later, ending that story point. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, again, it doesn't matter at all. <laughs> I just no. think it's funny that it doesn't even lead to... Because then I thought, oh, well, maybe he's going to go into the back of their car and somehow be important. No, they just leave him for yeah. others, and the movie moves along. Yeah. Well, the, the, what it does is it serves to begin to break down barriers between Nicolas Cage and Kenny. Right. Because he saw Kenny filming the whole thing, and so then they start having a conversation about his phone. And then they start building a rapport where Kenny's like, yeah, I was getting bullied, so I hit the dude. And Nicolas Cage goes, oh, I would have done the same thing. I would have dropped so, him so too. Bad. Yeah. Uh, but this also sets up another one-liner, though, for Nicolas Cage when he says... Uh, hey, lose the phone. You got to give me the phone. And he goes, my mom says I have to keep it in case of emergency. And then Nicholas Cage says, I'm here in case of emergency. Yeah, it doesn't end so well. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so, uh, all right. So now we're in the shootout. I think we've covered everything. <laughs> yeah, I mean, on. stuff happened, but we don't need to focus on it. Also, um, I couldn't believe how fast Steve was out of this movie because he gets a shot he gets shot in the leg in the first exchange of gunfire yeah you think he's going to be like the next main character after nicholas cage but that doesn't really happen my my screenwriter brain immediately went to nicholas cage is the dad who's having trouble getting over the death of his wife this is the person taking care of his daughter nicholas cage is going to get shot and he's going to have to save him and there's going to be some kind of rapport there like that's where my screenwriter brain that, went that, and that's not what they did no but you just pitched general story structure as we always say on this show <laughs> we do not state that we are like brilliant or or like next level screenwriters we are just pitching basic story structure on the show yeah. like that's exactly it Gergoni. it's just like that is not an incredible, like, wow, Gurgoni really put a new twist on what this movie could have been. No, that's the obvious thing that the movie could have done. And instead, the movie just does nothing. Yeah, um, right. The only yeah. thing I will give this movie uh, uh, on this front, this movie does appropriately show that a leg injury could be devastating. Because we're used to those being nothing in action movies. This actually does right. show that this guy might die from being shot in the leg. And I thought, yeah. wow, I haven't seen that. That is good. That I appreciate. But uh, counteract that point with somebody gets hit in the head with a fifty caliber sniper rifle round, and it's just a little hole in their head. Yes, I did think once uh, that's Cage's son too. Once he's unloading with that thing, yeah, that's ripping people apart. Is what that's mm-hmm. doing. That's obliterating dudes. There's nothing left. Also, doesn't Nicholas Cage also get shot in the leg? Yes. at some point, and he's fine though. Look. Yeah. yeah, and he's fine. He's got protagonist powers. It's yeah, fine. yeah. Okay. He's got plot armor. He's got plot armor, exactly, yeah. Uh, yeah, because at a certain point, this is where I thought, too, cops, wouldn't you move back, take cover? Why would you just stand there and keep shooting once this guy is sniping people? Yeah, high caliber rounds you through would, your car. You'd move the perimeter way back. Wouldn't you get everybody out of the line of fire? Instead, they're still just firing away with their way inferior weapons. Yeah. And again, shooting into the open face of a bank that presumably had customers and staff inside of it at one point. <laughs> yeah. And they're, they're... <laughs> they're actually not aware that it's a hostage scenario yet. They're just opening fire yeah. into a public building. We know they don't nothing. bother to find out. Yeah, because actually in the in the North Hollywood shootout, 
the guys were already out of the bank when they were shooting. They weren't shooting into the bank. Right. Because you would, once again, yeah, because you don't know who's in there or what you're hitting. You don't know how many guys are in there. They have no eyes on anything. There's also That's... no attempt ever to go around to the other side of the bank and infiltrate that way. Well, the bank only has one entrance, John. Well, I guess yeah. for safety, right? Because uh, <laughs> I yep. did think that there's no... The SWAT team never. Do, I watch. I, I do watch a lot of SWAT on CBS, and there's always things where they're going in through the roof or they're doing that to get around and try to flank the the bad guy. Whatever, yeah, there's always just... something. There is no one. There is not a single smart cop in this movie. There no. is no cop with any thought to go. What if we? In fact, yeah. the only reason that they end up defeating the bank robbers is because they come out of the bank, and so they're exposed, and they kill all of them. Right, which I was still, I was also curious as to what the bank robbers' plan was at that point. They uh, set off these just ex- run into the gun to the hail of gunfire and hope for the best. <laughs> that, that's their plan. It did. They set Some off these explosions like. and then they just spray guns at the at the guys as they're running, and yeah, they all just get shot as they're running away. Well, that is actually, I mean, their plan is to release the hostages, right? And then yes, they in- they, they release them as like one wave, basically. Mm-hmm. And they have planted bombs and at least one hostage. Yes. And the idea oh. is to set that off and then in, in the confusion run away. Yeah. But the head of the SWAT team is keyed off to the bomb, grabs it, runs away, and then is himself blown up, which in... is one of the most brutal things in this movie. It's the kill, right. of, the, it's the kill of the movie, right? That yeah. guy oh, exploded. You, th- you think that is? You think? I, think I was so. thinking uh, Nicolas Cage's son lamely dying... Um, <laughs> And just sort of falling over was to the point him. where I went. Did he die? <laughs> he definitely yeah. got shot, but he does just kind of like just sort of lay. He almost he's reclines to his death. Right? He's just like yeah. Ah, he survives. Okay. Steve lives. Yeah. No, no, no. Nicholas Cage's actual son. His actual uh, son. Luke. Yes, Luke. Luke. I believe he gets yeah. peppered with rounds, yeah, but you don't get any sense of any of them in particular being kill shots. And then he does yeah. just kind of slowly, yeah. like, kind of lay back and like, ah, I guess I'm dead. Whatever. Yeah, <laughs> that's the kind of movie we're dealing with here. Yeah. Um, oh, you do get. I did write this down. It's not a one-liner, but you do get when the when the guy when the when Steve is going. I don't think I'm gonna make it. I'm fading. You do get a line that just has to be in a movie like this with Cage going, "You're not dying today." Yeah. <laughs> Oh, there's lots of stay with me. There's lots of stay awake. There's lots of you're not dying today. There's lots of that. And there's even a one-liner in here where he goes, you die and I'll fucking kill you. Ah, <laughs> wop, wop. Yeah. Uh, and then there's no more one-liners after that because the rest of the movie has very little dialogue and is mostly just gunfire. Uh, yeah. And, like, and ADR. We haven't talked about the ADR in this movie. There's so rampant. much ADR oh, in this it's movie. It's rampant. So yeah. Well, I get the sense that they shot the movie and then went, oh, this gunfire is really loud. Like, uh, <laughs> we may have to go back in and put it. But all, because most of the ADR is just stuff like, get down, they're over there. Oh, no. You know. I mean, even like the filmed dialogue. Like, yeah. there are the, the whole sequence in the gun shop. Oh, yes. the, uh before the Before the bank robbery goes off, where. Again, this is a scene that really doesn't matter in which Investigator Rossi is trying to track down where these mercenaries got to, and she goes to a local gun shop that is connected to them in some way. And yeah. that whole sequence, yeah. none of the 
audio that's used on set is used during it. Yeah. Let me tell you another fact about this movie that I don't think will surprise you guys. This was originally scheduled for a theatrical release, but instead was pulled and sent straight to disc. Docker. So somebody <laughs> saw it and was like, "This can't go." We into can't. Theaters. We can't put this out. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Because it doesn't. It's not. It doesn't look as bad as some of the movies we've seen, Listman. But it does have. Once again, it looks like a network TV show. It's that level of like, oh, it's just kind of flatly lit. It's. It, everything yeah. is visible. There's no like, there's not terrible cinematography, but it's pretty boring cinematography. Yeah. And again, like it really feels like none of the actors are on the set with each other. I was scrubbing through some of the scenes just now, and I get the sense that Nicolas Cage was never on set with anybody until like the last bit in the ambulance. I think you're probably right. Because um, every other person we see in frame with him is just a shoulder or a leg. Well, that we, could easily be a stand-in. We've seen this a lot with the movies where to save money, they just shoot all the close-ups of the big-name actor and then use mm -hmm. a stand-in. I mean, Bruce Willis, they do it with all the time. Now, that some of oh, that yeah. may be for his health, we now know. But also, it's to save money. There's no question about that. Is Oh, if Cage only has to work three days and just shoot his dialogue then we can pay him less. Um, yeah. I don't know. Did you guys happen to see the Rotten Tomato score of this movie? Yeah, I sure don't, so. don't, don't, don't look it up because we don't have the budget. Okay. So we're going to play this game, which is let's guess the Rotten Tomatoes score of 211. Uh, I'd like you each to take your best guess on what the, <laughs> the Rotten okay. Tomatoes score of this movie is. I'm going to go with 26. 26. Gergoni says 26. That's pretty close to what I was going to guess. This one? Uh, let's go with... Uh, oh, boy. The fact that you're asking me, John, mm -hmm. means that it's horrendously low. Okay. Um, I'm going to say 12%. 12%. You've both, you've both overestimated. This thing clocks <laughs> in at a solid 4% Rotten Tomatoes Whoa! score. Wow. 4%. Percent, wow. yeah, an absolute. Oof. Uh, everyone agrees this thing is unwatchable garbage, including um, Nicholas Cage, including Nicholas Cage. Yes, uh, the on Metacritic, the highest score for it is a fifty from Chicago Sun Times critic uh, Richard Roper. That's okay. the best review. Is still a failing grade. It's still. <laughs> Wow, that's uh, that's a new that's a new low for us, I think. Here on the, I on think the show. it is. I'm we don't usually keep track of that, but no, like, that that's... that's always kind of my. But I had seen the Rotten Tomato score of this and thought, Jesus Christ, when you're in single digit Rotten Tomato score, uh oh, uh -oh. that's pretty bad. Where it's like there's there's no debate is what that means, right? Like once once yes. you're in single digits, like nope, we all agree, absolutely awful. So I really want to talk about the scene where the daughter goes to the hospital because this is mm. laughably absurd mm -hmm. when she charges into the like triage center and they're like you got to get out of here and she's just like no absolutely we, we also know this is where kenny's mom works yes kenny's yes. mom is the is an er doctor of some kind and is working on we had seen earlier that between the bomb and now the cops coming in, the ER is overflowing. Now, we hear this. We never get a visual sense of it because we can only get so many people in the hospital yeah. scenes. Um, yes. But 
Yeah, the way the daughter just bursts into, like, where they're actively doing surgery on him, basically. And starts endangering it looks like his life. doing surgery in the hallway. This isn't a medical suite that we're in. We've, they've got no choice, right? All the operating rooms are overflowing with people. Oh, <laughs> Again, right, yeah. Exactly how big this town is, we have no idea, but apparently there's a hospital and, yeah, and it's, there's it's, people that got blown up that they need to fill all of the suites. And so I like this, and I what I love is she's talking to her uh, husband, who's in full on shock at this point, um, mm-hmm. as they're working to pull a bullet out of his leg. And then they bring in uh, the other cop. Now is this the woman they they bring her in, right, Sarah? Yes. And she's like, yes. "Hey, wait! I know you. Can you give me some exposition?" She, because Sarah, the the. The lady cop, I hate using that term, but she is it's the, the only woman on the force, apparently. And it's also, based on the level of bad writing we have in this, the only thing that defines her as a character. Right? Yes. <laughs> she got shot getting Steve away from just outside in front of the bank. Yes. Mm-hmm. But she's still conscious. She didn't get as badly wounded. So she's here to tell the daughter everything that's happening in the movie. And she's the only one who's aware that the cops abandoned Kenny in the parking lot. Right. Because there's one thing where Cage is like, hey, where'd that ride-along kid get to? Wait a minute. Hold on here. Oopsie doodle. (laughs) Oh, man, I had one job. Oh, whatever. I'm two days from retirement. I could get a civilian killed. Whatever. (laughs) The fact uh, that he hasn't already is shocking. Yeah. It is shocking. Yeah. yeah, but here's a good question. Is Mike Chandler a good cop? No. Oh, no. <laughs> no. no. There's is, a reason he hasn't been promoted. Is anyone in this movie a good That's the thing. I don't think there's... It's interesting. For the movie that kind of wants to so, be like, well, maybe police aren't all bad, they're all pretty terrible at being cops in this movie. Yeah. They don't Nobody make a makes case. a good tactical decision in this entire not film. a single top, thing. top to bottom it seems yeah. like the I, the best thing about any of the cops is that nicholas cage has a modicum of empathy for kenny yes yeah that is I the mean, nice thing you can say about the police in this movie they, they connect close enough that he's invited to his birthday party <laughs> next year and the mom <laughs> they've become good family friends oh that made me laugh everybody's best pals at the end of this movie uh now the the best law enforcement officer is Agent Rossi, yeah. as the the Interpol That's agent true. who is actively putting clues together and is trying to tell people, hey, these are deadly mercenaries. Don't go <laughs> the in only, there. <laughs> yeah, she's the only one doing actual police work. She is, but yeah. it never pays off in the story. Never. That's the right. thing that sucks about it. She does. She figures out where they got the gun. She figures out what their plan is. She figures out what they're doing and why they're robbing this bank. Everybody's just like, shut up. <laughs> she figures out that they have bombs and C4. Yes. Uh-huh. And they're like, Pfft. yeah. <sighs> Whatever, lady. Because yeah. as soon as she says, I'm Interpol, I love one of the cops goes, oh, I don't have time for this. Well, that's the leader of the SWAT team. That's yeah. the guy that gets blown up later. Ugh. I just love the idea of like, oh, my God, an international police force. Oh, God, forget it. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> also, wouldn't that make you stop and go, wait, Interpol's involved in this local bank robbery? This is, this is get... suddenly way bigger. No, instead, she has to say, like, head, yeah. I know they have C4. And he's like, I guess you can stay then. Christ. But then he's like, don't touch anything. Don't right. touch anything. What? <laughs> Insane. 
Yeah. yeah, Interpol doesn't normally show up to local police situations, all right? That would be a yeah, huge, like, shit. It's not like the feds pulling it out from underneath local law enforcement and pulling jurisdiction. No, it's, it's a, like, it's a, Interpol. It's a global law enforcement agency is interested in something happening in your town. I Potentially war crimes are happening <laughs> uh, in your town. Interpol, yeah, it's not the FBI, which I don't think the FBI ever shows up for this bank robbery, which would fall under their purview. Mm. Yeah. Weird. Anyway. I, I was waiting for the asshole FBI agent character, but in classic Nicolas Cage movie fashion, there's no time. There's no time to introduce another character. <laughs> Despite the fact that we introduced like seven yeah. in the first 30 minutes of this movie. Right. Uh, but yeah, going back to this uh, hospital scene, is this the same scene where the mom is on the phone with Kenny? Yeah. While also well, prepping for surgery at yeah, the same time. Because the daughter is holding the phone to the mom's ear while she's actively working on a patient. Right. Like she's literally and got she's her hands in somebody shooting. and she's going, yeah. Are you okay, honey? <laughs> it's gonna be okay. Yeah. It's like, good the good only doctor. reason Kenny has managed to call his yeah, mom. Oh, yeah, we wanted yes. to get to this. Yes. Yeah. He was abandoned in the parking lot outside the bank yeah. when all the cops fled to carry steve away mm -hmm. and so he is holed up inside of a like four by four subaru yeah and unfortunately earlier in the movie his phone died yeah so he has to find a way to charge it for some reason mm -hmm. and so he macgyvers <laughs> the most bullshit <laughs> phone charger out of a key a car phone charger and a nine volt battery that he pulls mm -hmm. out of a doll that's in the car, um, mm -hmm. and you're just like, I, I literally was going, what? When? <laughs> when did we establish that Kenny was this genius tech whiz? We did. He just this had is, a phone. This is the establishment, right? As here, much John. as we know about Kenny's knowledge of technology, is he has a phone? Yes. <laughs> also, is the key rubber banded to the end of like a, a car jack phone charger enough to work as the positive and negative prongs no. onto a no there's no way in hell this it's not works. connected to the actual yeah it's because it's it's strapped to the plastic exterior of the phone uh -huh. charger Once, so therefore he, accomplishing nothing just when he looks at because because we this is cut between stuff nicholas cage when we keep cutting back to Ken, but when he looks at his dead phone and then he looks at the doll and he takes out the 9-volt battery. I went, what the fuck are you going to do? What in the <laughs> hell is going to happen? Yeah. Are you kidding? Like, I couldn't. And then you just cut. you Because, once again, they don't really show how it works because that's why they're cutting. It sort of feels like mm -hmm. they just cut back and he's got more pieces and then the phone works. And I just went, uh -huh. oh, are you come on. This is. <laughs> Just the laziest. Why? Why? Laziest why do any of this? Like, why do just have his phone still have battery and have him call them? We don't need any of this shit. No, no. Or he no. hot wires the car so he can use the car's battery and plug in with the thing. Just, I mean, anything. that would make more sense. Oh, and that would have been yeah, way yeah. simpler. But no, we have to show this kid's a little Peter Parker. Uh, you know, putting together his. Yeah, yeah. Somewhere, Richard Dean Anderson's giving him a thumbs up. But all of this is just there to get it like really deflated 
by the conclusion to this shootout and how Kenny plays into it. Oh, I and and what I I mean, I'll just say I spent the whole movie waiting for Kenny to pick up a gun and shoot someone. I knew <laughs> I knew it was coming. It had to be. This is what it has what? to be. What? <laughs> well, I, like not 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 from a thematic standpoint, but just because I knew this movie would do it. Yeah. yeah, I'm not saying it makes it. No, it makes no fucking sense. But I just go like, "Oh, they're gonna do it. They're gonna do it. I just know it." <laughs> this is a kid who we've set up as being bullied, who has been like doesn't have a lot of friends, yeah, who has been misunderstood and kind of uh, punished for things he's not responsible for, and who is seems to be reticent about violence in particular, yeah, and like police violence in particular, yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, the movie, he saves Nicolas Cage by picking up a handgun and shooting the bad guy. Yeah, he he murders somebody, and he... that's the culmination of his story arc. I don't uh... think he actually kills him. I think he shoots him, and then the agent woman actually shoots him in the head. But he uh, does yeah. like he shoots him in the shoulder. Still traumatizing. I mean, there's no question if you shoot another human being, and then it it's still the, he's then immediately murdered in front of you after that. Um, right. Like, right. yeah. That was the bigger thing for me was like Kenny shoots this guy who's about to shoot Nicolas Cage. Yeah. And he's got this look of shock in his face, like, what did I just do? And then his eyes still wide and staring forward. He sees the guy he just shot get riddled with more bullets and then fall to the ground dead. Yeah. Uh yeah, that's 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 the hero can and then by God, Gurgoni, he does get a friend at the end of the movie. A fifty something burnout cop. <laughs> that's a sitcom I'd watch. Yeah. <sighs> Come on, kid. Yeah. He I, I don't have a date for the dance. Let me tell you what to do, kid. Uh <laughs> Penny in the cage, weeknights on NBC. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Thursday night. This Thursday I'd it's an all it. new Kenny in the Cage. <laughs> I'd watch that. <laughs> Uh-oh. The cage has uh, uh, an aggravated assault charge against him from one of his past arrests. What are they going to do? <laughs> I didn't beat that suspect. Um, no, uh, it, al- it always culminates with Kenny shooting someone. <laughs> Every episode. Yeah. It's, the only, it's a pretty good episode. show. Why does Kenny always have to shoot someone at the end of every episode? I he never shot kills him. anyone, but yeah. he does shoot somebody every episode. I shot scary. him, Officer Chandler. Good on you, Kenny. Yeah. <laughs> I, what I was waiting for, and I was wondering how stupid the movie was going to get, what I was actually waiting for and kind of hoping for was that Cage would give him a gun to use. <laughs> I thought There was one point when I thought it was going to happen because he turns to him and I thought he's going to be like, well, it's a crazy day. Here's another gun. Like... <laughs> I thought that Kenny would eventually become a police officer. I thought I, that was his art. I did think I, I did think at the end of the movie when it's a year later, I thought we were gonna see that he's in some sort of trainee program or something. That was gonna right. be the end of the movie. And, and they I did, thought they did not do that, but no, like that is where I Thankfully, but I that would have been fucking hilarious if this was just <laughs> this because the movie like I said, the movie isn't enough about police work to really be oh, cop really. propaganda. And if yeah. anything, like I said, the cops come off terribly in this movie. They're right, really incompetent. Right. Again, how this movie ends is literally just the bank robbers <laughs> blow somebody up, yeah. and then they flee out into the street only to get gunned down. Yeah, yes. the bank robbers are only defeated by their own poor choices, not that the cops <laughs> did anything. The cops don't flank the bank, forcing them out the front or something like that, you know? Nope. No, it's all just... 
No. Screw it. We're going to run for it. Ah, they got us. Um, yeah, because that's basically. They can't get us all. Uh, let's, so when they released the hostages, yeah, we talked about it. Oh, let's quickly talk about the bank manager being murdered unceremoniously. We mentioned sure, it earlier, yeah. but what is this scene exactly? Again, the actor who's playing the bank manager is doing such a, like, flat, unemotional... I am like, the bank manager. Yeah, where he's Go standing ahead, up and he's... Go ahead, do it, shoot me. Do it if you've got the stones for it. Come on, then. Why don't you murder me? Come on, then. And then he gets murdered and he, nothing matters. It doesn't yeah, I don't know what that has to do with anything. It doesn't have anything to do with anything. It fills runtime. <laughs> but it's already such a short What if film. I... Guys, would you, would you be shocked if I told you this is this actor's first and only credit on IMDb. No, not even a little bit. <laughs> I would also go on to ask, who in the production crew is he related to? <laughs> <laughs> Does he also run craft services? Yeah. Is that my question? Or is he a uh, Bulgarian local and they have to hire a certain percentage of that players? I think I think you're I think you've hit the nail on the head there. Uh <laughs> Yeah. Oh my God. Yeah. This is just uh, uh, York Shackleton. Just like I guess this guy. Uh... Thinking back on his performance, I wouldn't be shocked if he memorized all of those English words just phonetically, as opposed to actually knowing English. Right. Yes. Right. Yes. I yes. think because yeah, you're right. The the line deliveries play like that. They sound like that. Oh my God. I'm yeah. looking at uh, York Shackleton's other directing efforts he made a romantic drama a, a drama romance thriller called pretty perfect that must be fucking awful it doesn't even have action it's like a serious dramatic movie boy there's boy. nothing worse than a, a bad filmmaker who tries to make cinema yeah. who tries to make art you know just make a stupid action movie, no it okay? well i'll say listen looking at his career it looks like that's what he was doing before he went into the the action stuff like all of his stuff mm -hmm. before this is either documentary or serious character dramas then he does this and it's just a descent into this disturbing the peace the engineer which mm -hmm. uh gurgoni you filled us in about before we uh we were recording, which is described as Ex Machina meets The Revenant in tone about drone technology and robotics. What? Mm. Yeah, again, that's the plot description on IMDb. That's just the elevator pitch. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well, and he's got... An elevator ...with a producer to give them, make them give you money. Describe your film. Michael yeah. Belisario is the only actor attached who's in every one of his movies. Michael Bellis. Who okay. did he play in this? That's what I'm looking to see here. Uh, he pl he plays the beardy mercenary. Yes. Okay. Yeah, that's him. Uh, oh yeah, the guy who looks like he's a Portland, you know, local. <laughs> well, he's. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. He's in every movie made by this guy. So great. Uh, he's and, also in like twenty, almost thirty episodes of Jag. Yeah. Yeah. And then interesting in what. Four episodes of NCIS, which is a spinoff of Jag, but not as the same character he was in 30 episodes of Jag. Hmm. NCIS is a spinoff of Jag? It is indeed. I did I... not know that. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Huh. Yeah. I, I mean, it makes sense, but yeah. I, Something's no got to be a naval base show for old people. It just has to be, It just has to exist. So Jag there is always they has had to been, put NCIS. There always will there be. There always yeah. will be. If, if, uh, if my parents can't watch a show where people investigate crimes on a naval base, they're going to lose their shit. Um, 
<laughs> my parents are the only people going like season 20 it just keeps getting better in cis um <laughs> oh jesus this is some of the best st- stories they've told um my dad yeah i talked to my dad about ncis it's a masterpiece um but uh yeah so that so they put the bomb on the hostage yeah and and when the this guy fucking explodes man i was actually like oh shit it's the only moment in the movie that kind of got a like oh god yeah this guy yes. is in chunks it stands out for sure yeah and like it, said, looks, it looks like it's a practical effect they blew up a meat-filled dummy yeah yeah. And they do it in enough silhouette that like the dummy doesn't look like a dummy really. It, like it looks pretty mm-hmm. good. That's I mean I don't think there's any debate. We don't even have to discuss. That's the kill of the movie. Yeah, yes. Because uh, yes. it's the only thing. The only other one that might be is when that construction equipment shears the roof off the the SUV at the start. Uh, uh, yeah. Yeah. You don't really see that guy die. You just see the blood splatter on yeah. the back of the seat. That's the only the thing that I, I think that it's it, the violence is mostly vehicular in it. Like the the, yeah. the car really fucking gets it. Um, no. is the only. But that that also in concept is cool. This though really is very visceral and kind of like, geez, I wish the movie had more stuff like this or more moments of impact sure. like this. If not actual or like, war. Just... I, I also wish it, we got a moment to see him make that decision, like uh, to realize, oh, fuck, I need to do this. Yeah, there is no, no, because this director, it's interesting that he started in character drama, has no interest in like how anything is affecting these people, really. Right, Ooh. yeah. Um, and then Kate, but, <laughs> in very video game fashion, Cage levels up for the third act when he gets a rifle with a scope <laughs> on it. Mm-hmm. And doesn't he get some line about "Let's take these assholes down"? Uh, sure. Yeah. I mean, I saw it last night, but I don't. I <laughs> but don't of course, it's all the thing where it's like the SWAT teams and stuff. By the end, don't matter. It's Nicholas Cage who's going to put these guys on the ground. But he doesn't. He yeah, kills Kenny a does. couple of them. He does kill. He no. gets. A, he get. He gets at least one of them. I have it written here. That that's all. Uh... Hanson and the other cops who are standing behind him. Oh, I guess he's just shooting as well. He yeah, is shooting. The whole thing in this last little bit is getting to Kenny. He wants to go save Kenny. Well, and also Hanson just dies unceremoniously in this gunfight. Oh, I mean, everyone's dead by the end of this movie except for uh, our main characters. Yeah. But because there's a point when they're all shooting and he just looks back and Hanson's just dead and he's like, oh, shit. Uh <laughs> <laughs> Uh, that's too bad uh, <laughs> anyway let's go <laughs> yeah, Trey lasts the longest of our mercenaries yes he's uh, the one that, that Kenny drone. ends up shooting because when he gets out of the uh, the bank he does the thing the other two don't which is serpentine yeah and so that mm-hmm. buys him some extra time ha, 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 ha. he doesn't just stand in an open doorway and wait <laughs> no. to get shot Cage's son what, Luke the mercenary <laughs> Luke. He yeah. really just basically walks out and just absorbs bullets. <laughs> he was hoping to he could get to some waist high cover and recover those hit points before the next round of shooting. <laughs> exactly. That's what it does. Wait you till know? the the red screen fades out. You know. Yeah. This is till yeah. the heavy breathing disappears from the audio track and the heartbeat sound. Yeah. Uh-uh. So you got Cage now. Everybody's dead. Cage is in the ambulance with Kenny. And it's like, you did good out there, kid. You know? 
Uh, and Kenny's mom shows up and hugs him, and then the daughter shows up and hugs Cage. And then, yeah, we fade out one year later. This was Dude. the weirdest fucking end this is of this the movie. worst scene in the movie i think this is the worst i don't scene yeah this is one of those things where i'm going do we need this epilogue i guess we need to know that uh steve is okay do we no we and, don't well we could have just covered in like they say steve's gonna make it could have been enough to end on the in the yeah. ambulance you know but still we start but where do we start this with cage jogging gotta keep in shape uh and uh, yeah. and when he comes back home, oh no! All of his friends and family have a surprise party for him, and but we can't show them all in one <laughs> shot because each person is filmed yes, on a different they day. Did clearly, do. and and yeah, Cage never is in the same shot as any of them. I don't think. Uh, no, he's clearly green screened over their shoulders in certain he, bits. He a hundred percent is. It's weird. <laughs> Um, but, uh, but yeah, so Steve and, and the daughter have a baby now. And yes, Kenny and his mom are here. Weird. Mm -hmm. yes. And I like, he goes, Kenny, you got that phone you're always messing around with. And he's like, I sure do. And the last line of the movie, I wrote this down. I want to oh, take man. some new pics. And then it's credits. Fades. Yeah. Yeah. It slow fades as he's walking. You I want to take frame. some new pics. What a terrible and, ending. And it, it sounds like it's a line that should be a callback to something. Like, yeah. oh, and during the whole time his wife was dying of cancer, he refused to take any pictures or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That No, you're right, yeah. No, there's no attempt to connect anything to anything in the movie, basically. Like, there's no, no thoughts about, oh, this could be a thread, and we can kind of do this. And uh, John, it's like you said, this is a first... Uh, it's draft. It all. It's just like let's just get, let's just get the basic plot points down, and then we'll kind of massage it into. No, then they just shot that version. Yeah. So York Shackleton. Yes. Love the name. Still. <laughs> yeah. Great amazing. Movie. Also wrote this movie. Kind of. Yeah, so he, this he, confuses <laughs> me slightly. So yes. Well, the, well this he, confirms he, I'm wrong because this implies there are at least two drafts. Right. Yeah. Because uh, wow. the credits list him as York Shackleton has a writing credit as based on a screenplay by. Yeah. And then it credits John Rebus. 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 I as think is yeah. the actual screenplay. So presumably Shackleton wrote a, a draft. Yeah. And then John Rebus rehashed that to and get changed us changed off. enough that it's considered a different screenplay. And what else has this John Rebus uh, done, John? Uh, let's see here. Oh, Glengarry Glen Ross. No. Um, <laughs> uh, this is it. This is his lone writing credit. Huh. <laughs> he has nothing in development, nothing in pre-production. Uh, no. Yeah, seems like this is it. A, it's single, a, one, a single item. It's a one and this, done. This yeah. strikes me as a guy who makes his career off of suing other writers guild <laughs> writers for slight changes to screenplays yeah. that have been made. I changed uh -huh. his name to Steve. Um <laughs> uh, uh yeah, this movie, man. It's just like I said it's it's almost it's it's not as uh aggravating as some of the movies we've watched. Like I'm not enraged. I'm more just like, well that's nothing. Yeah. Like I said this is then we run into a lot of these and in some ways 
this did this was easier to watch than some of the ones that are like because it's also so short and so slight that it did just pass over me at least i it's got right. that going for it i guess yeah it's like a bad case of diarrhea yeah know? it's it's bad but at least it's over fast yeah but it's also very frustrating as a creative individual yeah. who like wants to do produce content of a quality that this can get made and money gets thrown at it. And I know we don't have a budget, yeah. but I would guess at least a few million dollars was spent on this. Yeah. I'd say one yeah. to two is my guess based on it. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. No, this is, this is a, an oft refrain from Lisman and I going like, <sighs> could you imagine what we would, what we could do with the resources and, and I'm not saying we're once again, brilliant people, but we have creative impulses and some level of quality control. We would exert over them. And just, yeah, it's just like, who in this producer list do I have to, like, rub elbows with yeah. to green light something? No, it is one of those <laughs> things where it's like, if this counts as a movie, why can't we make movies? Like, it's just, I mean, it's, I yeah. guess it's somewhat inspirational in some ways. Like, well, if this can get made, shit, we shouldn't have any problem finding we, financing. We have to think about it as inspirational, because otherwise yeah. we're staring into the void of what yes. this podcast really is, which is a descent into madness, John. Yes. Uh, well, I think we already declared our kill of the movie. Uh, the, yes. There's sort of no debate about that. Which of these lame one-liners do we think is the best of a lame bunch? Oh, Let me Troy. run through oh, them again. Great. Yeah, let's hear these again. At the beginning of the movie, the uh, the head mercenary says to the war profiteer, we'll do it our way. The war profiteer responds, your way? The hard way. Uh, okay. Uh, when uh, uh, is it Benson or Hanson? Sorry, Hanson asks uh, Sarah how the how's the new guy. She replies, "New and soon to be dead." No, she didn't say that mm -hmm. last part, but she should. Uh, and uh, when Nicholas Cage takes the kid's phone away and he says, "I have that in case of emergency," Nicholas Cage says, "I'm here in case of emergency." And then okay. uh, finally, when the when Steve is bleeding out, Nicolas Cage says, "You die, and I'll fucking kill you." I like that last one just for the stupidness of it. I do too. That's that's my that's my the one I'm leaning towards. Well, Lisman, you gotta. I have no opinion. Okay, so by one. default, so that one wins. <laughs> talk about the one line. I don't think anymore. we'll be hearing that one again come shelfie time. Let's just say don't I don't think, think so. that's gonna yeah, be in the really in the running. It of the movies we yeah. watch uh well we did not care for this movie at all however you know it's my mission to find the strangest imdb reviews and i found oh, someone who like doesn't even begin to cover this guy's thoughts on this movie um and i it's another one that on the surface when i clicked on it we talked about that was that last week's maybe or one of the previous weeks listman where i thought the guy was joking but it seems like he's really not um, it, it can be hard to tell sometimes. This one, though, uh, I think is pretty clearly sincere, even though when I clicked on it, once again, I thought he was doing sort of a, uh, you know, insincere uh, review. Um, because once again, the title of this is ridiculous, but I, 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 you guys help me decide this, but I'm pretty sure this is 100% real. The review is, this review comes to us from Bruce M. Coxford uh, uh, from IMDb. And another Bruce. Uh, another trouble. Bruce. Uh oh. Uh, and uh, no joke. The review is titled The Godfather of Action Movies. 
uh, that can't be. No. <laughs> I'm sorry. Okay. All right. Uh, uh, wow. Just wow. I have seen many action films in my younger days and never really felt the emotional and existential experience you get when watching the masterpieces. But this movie ain't no masterpiece. This movie is the masterpiece. Nicolas Cage may be the best actor of this decade and really shows why he is the Marlon Brando of action films. Cage running around, freaking out, and displaying pure emotional performance. Uh, give this man, uh, oh, wait, sorry, um, oh, give this man an Academy Award. Maybe Cage's best on-screen performance since Ghost Rider 2. I have a PhD in police and military arts and read Sun Tzu several times, and this movie really gets <laughs> the realism. This can't be, John. And really gets I've, the I've... realism and real-life situations the police department go through. The whole hostage scene reminds me of my duty days, and I almost get flashbacks. Really touching work of art from this director. I mean, this guy's really fucking committed if this is a sarcastic review. I'll just say that. Also, the I, ending is, is so simple I, and smooth. Almost all Hollywood endings are too long and boring, like Return of the Jedi <laughs> or Lord of the Rings. But 211 nails it. The pure emotion on Cage's face and delivery in the last scene is touching. The message is also very important and teaches us about life. And that is what 211 is all about. Sometimes we must take new pictures and make new memories, just like Nicolas Cage. 10 this out of 10 this stars. Isn't this isn't real, John. This isn't real. I don't think this is real. The Sun Tzu is what did it for me. <laughs> <laughs> the Art of War by Sun Tzu is what did it for me, I think. His I don't best performance is Ghost Rider 2. Yeah. He has that opinion. So specific. It's such a specific poll. I yeah, mean, I'm looking at his other reviews, and they have the same tone, but I can't. Once again, it's it's so. I mean, ultimately, it's impossible to say one way. Yeah. Or the other. No, I I, I agree, yeah. but it just I don't know, man. The flashbacks to my duty days. The... Call of Duty specifically. <laughs> no, I don't know. It's one of those things where I can't. It, I mean, serious or not? I mean, I'm I'm. I... Like I said, I'm looking at his other reviews, and they're they're all written of the same kind of thing. Right. Yeah. Um. I don't, and and he, I don't know. He re, he did not like No Time to Die, the the latest Bond movie. So, uh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, he loves Super Mario Brothers, the movie though. Um, so I <laughs> can't be trusted. I don't know. That's the thing. That's the thing. I, I really. That's why I was so. Uh, he loves Michael Bay's Pain and Gain. Uh, seems to really love that. I <laughs> okay. yeah. That's the thing. This guy fascinates me. I can't mm. tell, he but he's, he's... review of 1927's Metropolis. Yes, that is titled "Belongs in the History Books." Dot dot dot. The dumpster. That's what I mean. Also, I don't know. In that review, and this again puts lie to this whole scenario. Yeah. Says he has a PhD in German language. So which is it? A PhD <laughs> in German language or a PhD in uh, whatever it was he said in police. Uh, tactics well he said he also says at the beginning of his metropolis review he has many phds okay yeah, yeah sure yeah very easy to get many phds i have just, many phds in many aspects in filmmaking yeah i don't know yeah wait what yeah no uh, this is all bs john 
It's still a weird review, man, one way or another. I don't know. Absolutely it is. Um, Best performances Ghost Rider 2. Go to hell. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's, that's... Yeah, well, because we all agree he's way better in Ghost Rider 1, right? That's really yeah, the problem. 100%. Yeah, 100%. Oh, yeah. He's so much better so. than that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Uh, well, let's let's turn over to a different Bruce, one we check in with every week. It's time for another Ooh. segment of The Winning Opinion. Uh, now, he didn't watch... Uh, Bruce didn't watch this week's Nicolas Cage movie because, of course, it's not available on Amazon. This is available mm -hmm. on Hulu, and Bruce only watches movies that uh, Amazon recommends for him, as we know. So I wanted to take a look at uh, some other classic Nicolas Cage movies that Bruce has watched. And I'm starting here with a favorite, I believe, of all of ours, which is Michael Bay's The Rock. Um, this, is, uh, this is Bruce's review of The Rock. Uh, his review is titled very simply spectacular mm. uh i like the action and violence i like the car chase scenes i like the explosions i like the shooting i like the punching and kicking i like the helicopters and fighter jets for a while i didn't think i liked nicholas cage this one and another that i recently watched changed my mind and now i will watch movies with him five out of five stars <laughs> Just, I, I love the idea of him being like, you know, Nicolas Cage doesn't live up to my Bruce winning standard. This so. is a guy who likes like Seagal's performances and stuff, you know? <laughs> right, exactly. There's a weird like Stockholm syndrome of good things uh, that is happening over the course of the Bruce reviews yeah. in which like he's getting exposed to decent things yes and he has begrudgingly learned to accept them like genre fiction and nick cage yeah oh yeah yeah his reason his somewhat recent discovery that he can enjoy science fiction stories right <laughs> he likes horror movies now but the horror ones disturbing because he likes the horror movies because they're more violent than the action movies yeah, which is great that yeah. one's that's the one we got to keep an eye they on. have such creative yeah. ways to make a human being dead um <laughs> still one of the most chilling sentences i've ever read um but anyway he loved the rock and i love the idea yeah. that's some of the most i like those of any bruce review because i like that he got down to he likes the helicopters and fighter jets yeah that's new yeah man like. yeah uh yeah. so yeah good uh good on him uh well we we didn't particularly care for uh 211 so let's come up with a different movie for mr cage uh, what what parameters should we set on this one, Listman? It's a cage movie, obviously, but that's everything this month will be a cage movie. So, mm -hmm. so well, another cage cop movie. Yeah, another cage sure. cop movie. All right. Uh, here I'm sure. hitting the randomizer. Uh, on uh, on the our action movie title generator. Ooh, it's an alliterative one. This week's title is Nicolas Cage in Terminal Trouble. Terminal Trouble. Okay. Terminal okay. Trouble. Sergeant Jack Trouble. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes. Okay, well, so far so good. Terminal implies to me that we're we're dealing with some kind of race against time, an inevitability. This is my, this is my second terminal because the last Jurassic Games I also had another terminal. Terminal comes up a lot. Yeah, well, like, Gurgani, uh -huh. we're starting to realize our action title generator only has so many words in it. <laughs> might have to upgrade at some point yeah yeah we might we might but uh yeah terminal trouble uh i do like the yeah yeah sergeant uh, nicholas cage is sergeant jack trouble uh and like i said it's a race against time because the villain, what if yeah what if he is hunting down a serial killer who turns out to be the grim reaper 
Ooh. Or okay, is he? Okay. That's the whole movie is you think he's just a serial killer, but maybe he's got supernatural powers, but maybe he doesn't, and that's some of the like back and forth tension of the movie. That he's doing Ooh. things no man is capable of. Now, does Nick? So Nick Cage is the one who wants to believe that he's the Grim Reaper. Who's who's the skeptic partner um, uh, of Nick Cage? Well, can I just pull from another? Uh, uh, what was the guy's fucking name? Shackleton, York Shackleton movie, sure. and say it's sure. Guy Pierce. Yes. Sure. Okay. Great. Sounds and we'll good. we'll actually in a couple weeks be getting to Nicolas Cage and Guy Pierce in a movie this month. So um, oh, perfect. So, yeah. Jack Trouble is slowly beginning to realize that all of this killer's murder victims were on the cusp of dying. Yes. Mm-hmm. So no, regardless of what, what what went down, these people would have died even if this serial killer hadn't sliced their throat with some kind of farming implement. Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> some vague farming implement. We don't There's need no to question. We don't know. The, it could the be big, anything. The big trailer shot is the guy throwing the scythe right at the camera, right? Oh, yeah. And yes. Cage is dodging Definitely. it. Like, whoa! And it goes over yeah. his head. <laughs> My bloody Valentine style. Yeah, absolutely. exactly. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, halfway through, Nick Cage realizes that he has some sort of. Is he also dying? Is this part of. Ooh, like, there you go. Or somebody. He oh, knows no, no. Is his, dying? Wife, his wife is, is receiving treatment for some rare condition. Mm-hmm. She's next on his list. <laughs> <laughs> and, of course, the. Uh, the, the he finally does uh, stop this entity. Mm-hmm. Whether or not it was supernatural the whole time was left unresolved. I do like the idea until. we keep it vague. Oh, oh, until mm-hmm. oh, post credit sequence we get multiple versions of the killer suddenly standing over the body of the first one, going like, "Well, he stopped one of us, but now he knows." Oh, oh, <laughs> oh no! There you go. Oh, and then the sequels. Who should, wait, who should be this? Who should be this? Uh, okay, it's got to be like a killer. classically trained British actor. I feel like, or or, so, or European yeah. of some sort. Ooh, 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 ooh! Stellan Skarsgård. I was gonna okay. say Stellan Skarsgård or Gary Oldman. Yeah. I mean, I think either I mean, either I way, be... we're we're in for a treat. This actually does sound kind of cool to me. I don't know. I, sounds... I'd watch yeah. this. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, well, next week on the show, Listman, mm-hmm. we uh, we 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 continue our July Cage match with the uh, oh my god, the very excitingly titled Kill Chain. I don't know what that means, <laughs> but I'm excited. Yes, Kill Ch- Nicholas Cage in. Kill chain. Yeah, I have I have no idea what it means either. Um, let, let me see here. Do I have? Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Uh, listen, as always, I will ask. Would you like to hear the tagline for next week's movie? Uh, yeah, definitely. Blood always leaves a trail. Kill chain. Oh, I was really hoping that would help <laughs> me understand what kill chain. Kill means, chain. But, uh, okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I I don't know. Can kill you with. Well, it's just either yeah, cha- yeah. Exactly. I th- my guess is it's a, some kind of chain of killings, right? Mm, like a Ooh. chain reaction of murder. Right, yeah, one murder begets another murder. But I will say I'm excited to see this because a favorite of all of ours is co-starring with him. This is Nicolas Cage and Enrico Colantoni. Mm, okay. Very good, very good actor. So we'll see. We'll see <laughs> how it goes next week. Fingers crossed. Yeah, it's another writer-director, another auteur at the helm. 
uh, Kill Chain. And it is available on Amazon Prime Video if you have that service. You can watch along with us. Mike Gergoni, thank you, as always, for putting up with this show. Uh, <laughs> Happy to be here, I think. <laughs> I think you're coming back. I think you're next coming back for Norris November with us. but um, That'll so, be better. Yeah. I think that'll be better no matter what. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I, I my demands for next time is make it a period piece. <laughs> I think it, I think it. I'll just say this: I think it kind of is. Okay. <laughs> okay. Uh, okay. So that is going to do it for uh, this week's episode of the Action Shelf. I'm John Campbell. I'm Michael Usman. Till next week, get yourself some action. The Action Shelf. The Action Shelf is part of the Panel Up Podcast Network. Remember to follow us on social media. We're at Action Shelf Pod on Instagram and Twitter. And you can email us at actionshelfpod at gmail.com. Of course, you can also support the entire network by heading over to patreon.com slash panelup to get cool, exclusive bonus content.